Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano and Andy Mattioli. Oh, well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope that you are doing well. Have you overcome the heart palpitations that you were probably having within the last 20 to 30 minutes? Because Roma have just defeated Spezia at the final moments by a score of 4-3. to three. Andy, we are breaking our rule. We have put a moratorium for the time being on recording immediately after matches. Again, not something I am a huge supporter of, only because you're not thinking clearly. Uh, which I'm not at the moment. My heart is still recovering from the mini stroke that I just had. And I'm still recovering from the wave of emotions that I went from in the final minute, or I should say, in the final 45 to 60 seconds, Roma, <laughs> Roma, they could see the goal and then they immediately get it back through Pellegrini. We'll get into all of that momentarily, but first, thank you to our newest patrons over at Patreon. We've had incredible support since the start of the new year. It allows us to keep doing what we do here, so thank you to all of our new and current patrons. It means so, so much. Thank you, Christopher Octaris, Eshat Petrosian, Adam Tadanini, Breton Mariani, and David Kachikian. Again, thank you all so, so much for your support. Okay, now, Andy, what was it for you? Brain aneurysm, heart attack, stroke... What was going on with you in those final moments of the match? Because that was about the highest high that you can get to at the very end, which yep. was preceded by the lowest low when Spezia drew level 3-3 three to three and had overcome a 3-1 to one deficit. So I guess breaking down this match, going through the tactical nuances, I, I think sort of misses the whole point, or I guess the more important point, I should say, because the only thing that mattered today was winning. It didn't matter how it happened. They just had to win, right? Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, you can't, I don't know uh, if, you know, see, the, the thing is about recording right after a game is that your your thoughts aren't clear and, you know, you the emotions get the best out of you, but... Um, I'm not sure that sitting on a game like the one we just witnessed um, would feel better or or be, uh, you know, or we could draw a better analysis because this game was everything and nothing. You know, it's uh, it reminded me very, very much of uh, Roma Genoa, Totti's final game. Oh, gosh. Because because the emotions, okay, I understand here there wasn't a farewell of a legend, but there was a lot at stake here, and I think a lot of people felt that. I think that the team felt it, and um, and at the same time, you know, you had all these conflicting feelings. I mean, you had players that underperformed. You had some terrible performances. You had some messed up episodes, um, and then those final minutes, again, just like Roma Genoa, where you think, all is lost where you think this is it. This is doomsday. Okay. The earth is going to implode. Um, and then no. And then suddenly the most unroma like thing happens and you win with a minute to go. It is amazing how your perspective on things can change in literally a matter of seconds. Because Andy, when I saw that at the score, that equalizer, I was thinking uh, borderline doomsday for this next week. I was thinking we're going to be discussing a new manager. We'll be talking nothing. Uh, we'll be talking about nothing except Jekyll, the bust-up that they had in training. We'll be talking about, oh, who do we get to choose between Mazzari and Spalletti 
Okay, that not even my- Donadoni, Donadoni, oh, man. Gosh, uh, yeah. So, uh, first off, thank you, Bruno Perez, for somewhat allowing us to avoid that. <laughs> I take back what I said in the previous episode. Uh, I want, I want Bruno Perez. I want the renewal, the renewal for life. Oh, get off! This is a guy who. Now, hold on. Hold on. He alone paid for his fee with not only that pass today, but do we forget what he did in the Champions League with that yes, right foot. foot, the golden jo- foot of, yes. of, of miracles? <laughs> I was about to say that uh, the foot against Shakhtar and today's decision not to shoot but to pass it was the most intelligent that Bruno has ever been in his life. I'm, I, I was can... about to say it. He's yeah. he's had a couple of bad moments with his right <laughs> foot, particularly when he is inside yep. of a moving vehicle. I'll yes. just leave it Ouch. at that. No, but I'm pretty sure if you call if you if you write an email to his high school teachers, they'll tell you that this is the peak of intelligence um, that Bruno has ever displayed. The the and and that that says a lot for any player because in that moment, with the with the game on the line, you just you just conceded. You this is Roma. And to not choose to shoot it, but to pass it and then practically have an open shot on goal, it, that's, my God, again, that's very, very un-Roma-like. Extremely, extremely un-Roma-like. So, again, I feel like going into the finer details of this match, really, just it, it, it doesn't even matter at this point because, again, the only thing that mattered today was winning the three points because, Andy... I think there were two varying scenarios that could have happened here. Okay, if if Roma, even if they had drawn Andy, I, I feel as if these next days would have been nothing short of, well, A, the worst to ever be on social media, but that seems like that's every day. So, But it does seem like it could have been, uh, you know, like an emergency situation. We, you know, we're used to... Mm, uh, being involved in the crises here, if, if you support Roma, if you cover Roma, if you write about Roma. But, uh, you know, I just wasn't ready mentally to get there. Uh, it's still January. At least give us until March uh, when when we have to deal with that. But I don't know about you, but I feel as if, for the moment at least, that it was sort of like they got their stay of execution, I guess you could say. They sent the... Um, they sent the hangsman or the hangman home for the for the afternoon. When he'll yep. come back, we don't know. He will come back at some point, but at least for a week, you seem to have cheated death because, again, I was not ready to go into the the full conversation about which manager I want. Jack, oh, does he go? Does he stay? Just mentally, I, I, I wasn't ready for that because I hate doing those episodes. I hate writing about that stuff. Is that where you were too with it? Like when you saw that today score that equalizer, I could only imagine what most people thought. I, I assume it was similar to what I was thinking. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the first reaction was, is, is that a meth addict that just scored on us? Because, oh, uh, come on, man. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Daniele Verde looks like he's from Breaking Bad or something. And uh, it's very different from the boy that remember that game against Cagliari. I think that yeah, was we scored own... that curler. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the only highlight brief, but great. And um, and then a career spent in Greece, basically. Um, and uh, now back here um so it's great to have him back um i just 
I know that it's going to be bad either way, you know, with we, even you win against Spezia, against the likes of Spezia in this fashion. And, uh, um, you know, everybody's still going to be talking um, one way or another. But at least at least you don't have that thing just looming over your head um, because it, it would have gotten pretty ugly. You know, a, we said it on the last episode, a draw would have been unacceptable. Um, and especially in that fashion, which was so stupid, because at the end of the day, you look at some of the mistakes that led to oh my Spezia coming back. Oh. And I, I I don't know what happened. You know, it, 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 it again, some people say, oh, it doesn't matter what, what the story is or uh, the ambiente, yes, has an influence, but to an extent. But this team at moments played like it, it felt the pressure, like Kumbula. Smalling making those My mistakes those one after the other, uh, you know, Paul Lopez being Paul Lopez, uh, then Perez, Carlos Perez just being the worst version of Iturbe possible, <laughs> being actually detrimental oh. to the team when you needed a response the most. I mean, this was if you look at the bench for today. You wonder, Jesus, how did we manage to pull to pull off a, a win? Because there was no bench to speak of, really, and and the only offensive change you could make was Cristante bringing on Cristante. Bruno Perez was the offensive change of the of the day, so that says a lot. Um, it, it, I think it would have been terrible. I would have, and and it feels like a lot of people were waiting for that. Um, I'm glad that now we have a little bit of time. To, to sort of uh, realize, down. yeah, realize w- w- what happened um, and finally, you know, focus because this was a game that was very unfocused. Um, I'm not saying that tactically it was, it was a bad game, but just performance-wise, some of the players were really, really rattled, uh, very, very nervous, not good enough. Um, but at the end of the day, what matters is, in, is that in that final minute, they went for it which again is so unroma like how many times have we se- seen this team just sit back just let it you know let it happen um let it un- unfold before their eyes and and these guys today in the final minute they decided no you know what I'm Cristante is going to launch Spinazzola forward Spinazzola is going to pass it to Bruno Perez. Bruno Perez is going to make the play of the century by not shooting the ball. And then Pellegrini just beautifully shooting it into an open goal. And, and that's it. That's the game right there. But it, it took them. It took it, it. You needed that extra step that the team in that final minute, after all the blunders, after all the mistakes, after a very, very, very mediocre performance, they they decided to go for it yes it was so again there's so many varying degrees of emotions that i'm feeling right now especially when you factor in this crap with with the transfer market i have to tell you that whoever decides ultimately to get rid of the january transfer market i don't care which country you are from i will fly i will buy you dinner for at least a week straight uh, you know, whatever you need or whatever you want, I'm going to make it happen because covering the January market, man, sucks. I hate it, I, I, especially when you factor in the pandemic. But that aside, I, you know, again, I'm very excited for what happened. 
But then part of me does feel like, yes, okay, they won. Great. That is all that mattered. But then it's still sort of the feeling of, well, we have to get to reality tomorrow and in the coming days. And Andy, reality is essentially addressing what is going on with Fonseca, what is going on with Jeco, and <laughs> why why uh, Roma's transfer market targets decide to contract coronavirus even before they even officially become a member of Roma. We'll get to the market stuff in a moment, but obviously this situation with Fonseca and Jeco has been hanging. It's been the elephant in the room over the last 24 hours. And I thought, honestly, I thought it was going to have a very detrimental effect today. I have to be honest with you. I thought that the, the, the saga involving those two was going to overshadow everything that happened on the pitch today, which, you know, again, with Roma tends to happen more than, than the other clubs. But to sort of recap, so I don't even know how to describe this whole thing because it's been nothing short of you hear some things from others. Uh, Fonseca obviously is being very diplomatic with the situation, saying he doesn't want to talk about it. But the questions arose yesterday when in his pre-match press conference, he says, oh, no, Jekyll picked up a, what what did he call it, a contusion? Isn't that the word he used? Yeah, a slight contusion. Yeah, yeah, he picked up a knock, uh, and he won't be able to play tomorrow. Now, we all knew that wasn't the case, so alarm signals started going off immediately. I didn't publish this, but I shared it in our Patreon WhatsApp group. Uh, I spoke with his agent, Silvana Martina, immediately after, and his answer didn't really quell things or calm things down. So we knew things were bad. It, it just looked like it was heading for the usual drama. Um, Jekyll's agent, he, he told me... <laughs> I don't live at, at Trigoria. I live in Mil- I live in I live in Milano, not at Trigoria. So if they say that he's injured, that's how it is. So you know, just by his response, sarcastic, and then we te- we we start learning more over the coming hours um, uh, through various intermediaries. Uh, Roma are offering Jeco to a number of teams, both in and outside of of the city. So clearly the situation, I don't know where it is headed. Obviously, for the sake of the supporters, for the team, for everybody, you would hope that they could reconcile. But this isn't, Andy, the first time that they have had trouble. We all know what happened after the match against Sevilla. So as far as Jekyll goes, where are you with this whole thing? Because you seem to, you particularly, okay, now, yeah. yes, we all have our up and down moments with, with Ed and Jekyll, okay, we all do. Um, I, I think you seem to be more up and down, more, a lot more than the rest. Not saying that's a bad thing, I'm just saying, um, <laughs> man, you were really, you really wanted him out, right? And then he, he stays, he does well last season. And now this, you know, it just seems like this lack of harmony with him conflicts a lot of the supporters of Roma. Well, uh, you know, I'm, it's true that I've had a very difficult relationship with, with Edin Dzeko as a, a Roma player, um, just because it, it seems like he never really reaches the potential that he has, meaning that even in his best seasons, there's always that moment where his difficult, moody character takes over 
um his the, this this moody alter ego just um gets the best of him and 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 something happens something happens a dispute uh a misunderstanding and that doesn't only go for you know in terms of management i mean jeko has had a history of you know for example addressing fellow teammates in the locker room a bit too uh violently um we all know that him and el we got into it a few times um right yeah. i mean that was a couple of years yeah, ago true. when when did. after that horrible uh, bologna game and uh the the thing was that jeko afterwards um had a very sort of violent altercation with with uh, el Sharawi. Um, and then that spilled over to a number of coaches. I mean, Jekko was there with 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 Spalletti. I, I mentioned this in in the in our Patreon group chat that uh, Jekko, in his best year under Spalletti, goal scoring wise, uh, everybody remembers when Spalletti decides to take him off against uh, Palermo, uh, and Jekko just you know sends him to hell. I mean, he he does the does the thing with the hand and and. Because he's all pissed off. This guy is very proud, you know. He has a big, pretty big ego. Um, he's a great footballer, but it seems like every year there comes that point in time where something isn't working, and he's one of the protagonists in whether it is a dispute, a misunderstanding, um, a slump. He is one of the guys that is more vocal about it, is um, is more unhappy about it. Everybody, all the cameras picked up at his uh, lack of, you know, I mean, he, he was pretty pissed when, when that sixth sub substitution happened against Spezia and the Coppa Italia. And rightfully so. I mean, that was embarrassing. It was a, it was a terrible moment. But um, this stuff happens very, very often. And it seemed there, it, there must be a reason why um, Roma have probably tried to sell Jeko like, four times in the last four years, right? Um, first, that, that the, obviously the the first year, after his first year, there were options, but he stayed fine. Then uh, in the year with uh, under Di Francesco, where we reached the semifinal, um, he, he, in January, it seemed like he was on his way out to Chelsea in exchange for Giroud, remember? Um, and then, obviously, again, the, the, the next January transfer market, and then finally this summer, where it seemed like he was uh, almost a, a Juve player, remember, mi missing the Verona game. So it always seems like there is something. And I found that the, the words that Pellegrini just released in an interview after this uh, this game against Spezia um, were very impressive, considering that he... Again, he didn't try to talk specifically about Fonseca. He didn't try to talk specifically about Jeko. He talked about the importance of a group. He talked about that um, this win should, you know, should serve as a reminder that as a group we can win these games. That as a group we can do a lot of good things, and that we are a group. That this is a, 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 a team that has to play together in order to achieve the objectives it set out to do. And that's a clear message, I think, to everybody, coach, players, everybody that, you know, put your egos aside and collaborate. And I think with Jekyll, it has always been a matter of ego. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants. They all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a very weird situation for a guy who, if you, again, if you just put his statistics, his goal-scoring record, if you just laid it out on paper and not revealed his name, it would seem that it's pretty easy to get behind this guy to support this individual, and there would be really no argument as to how important he would be for the team. But as you just said, this is a guy who, my my oh my, does he divide opinion? What would you like to see happen with him? I guess is I guess the more logical thing I should be asking you, and that we should right. be discussing. Because <laughs> here's the thing: it's January, okay. Bringing players in is not very easy, and I'll go into all this El Shadawi thing, the way it's developed over the last 48 hours, because it was nothing short of insane. It wouldn't be easy, Andy, to bring in or find a replacement at Jekyll's level, okay? Regardless of what you think of the guy, if, you, if you're in the moment right now where you have a bit of anger and bitterness towards him, or if, you've, if frankly, you've never liked Jekyll at all, right. I think if we're just talking about this logically, okay, put emotions aside, put, put everything that's happened over the past 72 hours aside, okay? If we're speaking reasonably, I think we would all agree that now you, you you can't now isn't the time to 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 send him away right this is something you do in the summer yeah this is something that you do in the summer um to me the most important part would be, the most important thing about this whole thing is to reintegrate and put the differences aside and for once for once sort of uh, carry on in a positive manner, there, because at the same time, there is no point in continuing, you know, in 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 progressing in, in continuing the season um, with a player that is clearly unhappy, with a coach that has to handle that aspect constantly, that has to keep in the back of his head, okay, I need to make him happy, I need to sort of, but I also need to do my thing, um, and the most important part is a player that doesn't contribute that's the that's the last thing you need right now when it's crunch time everybody all the teams are very tightly packed in the standings and every point counts you need everybody to contribute that's why having a player like Carlos Perez out there today is detrimental and you don't want to Jeco keep performing like some kind of Carlos Perez um he's much better than that and and I find that Again, it's inexcusable in the grand scheme of things that in these last few games that, you know, where Roma have underperformed, Dzeko being the one that is most unhappy, it seems like, was also one of the worst performers on the pitch. You can't have that, you know. I, I That's one thing that I, I cannot have as a fan is to have a player that is both unhappy but also does not contribute. So... I, that's why I need this situation to clear up. I want to keep Jeko because that's important. You take away Jeko, it's 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 sort of like taking off uh, Strotman. Remember when the season mm. started, Strotman was Strotman was the starter against Torino, and then a day later, a day after that win, um, he's sold to to Marseille. Um, that cannot be the same thing with Jeko because we saw 
the difference that that makes psychologically on the player on the players with the player of 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 Jacob's stature to have somebody like that who you may like or may not like some players may like him in the team some players may not but it, 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 that's that's your captain that's that's the guy who's very vocal he's one of the veterans um to lose him like this with a week to go in the winter transfer market, um, would be, uh, I think, uh, would have a huge negative impact on everybody. Obviously, then the replacement comes in. I mean, what's the replacement? You know, it's, we're talking science fiction right now. I think everybody realizes that the, the the best solution is to reintegrate everybody, to set the differences aside and play as a team, just like Pellegrini said. 100%. And I, I guess going beyond that, do you think it can be repaired? Because again, this is this is not the first time that these two have had a falling out. So part of me thinks, well, they've, they've, you know, they've mended the relationship before. Why Correct. can't they do it again? But then the other part of me thinks, well, is this the one that broke or was this the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak? Was this the final one where it just seems irreparable and i hope that cooler heads prevail because now is not the time mm-hmm. to be to be altering things too much i i know especially after that that kobe taya match it really did seem like the world was over i understand it i even said i would have been content with with second fonseca only because i think there's some things that are so unbecoming of a club of roma size that to allow yourself to act in such a small and embarrassing manner for the image of the club, you have to do something drastic. So I understand that there is still a lot to play for. And I think that, you know, if you get rid of Jekyll, I I feel as if you're only adding to the problems, right? For me, no good can come out of that right now. No, there is. I mean, it's, it's, and again, it's, I understand. Listen, I mean, um, I see a lot of play- people say uh, give Borja Mayoral more playing time, which is fair because he has six goals and has played like, uh, I don't know, like th- was it 300 minutes less than, than Dzeko? I mean, a bunch of games less than Dzeko and has the same goal tally as, as, as him. Um as his substitute and but 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 you need this i mean roma this i said it from the start this season is a season where roma need everybody and fonseca understood it best look he's managed to reintegrate karsdorp you know karsdorp looks like a player because fonseca said okay i'm just i'm i'm going i'm going to have to work with him um and it's you know, everybody seems to be involved, aside from, again, Carles Perez, who, I, you know, has become sort of a mental case in, 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 uh, with, this, with this team, um, can't seem to get out of the slump. Uh, everybody needs to contribute. And look at Cristante, ready to come off the bench, and he's there. He's playing for the team. Doesn't, doesn't matter if he starts or if he comes off the bench. He, he plays. Um, the same with Kumbula. I know he's he's made some mistakes, but all the, all four defenders are there, are ready to go, no matter what. Uh, same for VR. So to have a, a player of of Jacko's experience behave this way and and try to again take the have the ego, have his ego take the best of him, and and sort of put him in this difficult position where. 
he finds himself in a tight spot. Fonseca finds himself in a tight spot. Everybody seems to um, not profit with this with this solution. So it has to happen. It has to. There has to be sort of uh, uh, setting differences aside and 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 working as a unit. And um, because it's not going to get easier, it, it's really not. And we we think that yes, maybe you give more playing time to Borja Mayoral and he'll score more. Yes, but you also need that guy. You need that big guy up there to help you, to to lead you, like Jekko knows how to do. But sometimes he simply doesn't feel like. Okay, so the good part. Well, I guess it's the good part. The market. El Shadawi is coming. Amazingly, I, I can't believe this ultimately happened because, again, to give a little bit of background on this, this is one that, I all of my information for for the El Shadawi stuff, all of the reporting I've done is, is has come from Shanghai, not from his brother Manuel, who's been linking to the to, to the Italian press. So what I I've been told is slightly varies from from Di Marzio and everybody else. I I cannot believe that they got a deal done because both sides were saying on Thursday that, or I'm sorry, yeah, Thursday, two days ago, on Thursday that it didn't seem like they were going to reach an agreement on terminating. El Shadawi's contract. The reason being that his bro- his brother Manuel initially. Now again, this is coming from Shanghai, so the odds of uh, you know there could be some exaggeration on their end. Uh, one of the directors at the club told me that Manuel El Shadawi was requesting six months of pay for the remaining eighteen months left on the contract. So El Shadawi earns just slightly under one point one million euros net per month. So the payoff would have been. <laughs> almost 7 million euros for him to terminate his deal and go away. They said, no way, we're not doing that. Then he kept lowering, kept lowering, kept lowering. And they had a self-imposed deadline of this Sunday. And I was talking to the Shanghai Shenhua director at least three to four times over the past week. And then finally, yesterday, very early, Manuel, who had been in Shanghai for the last two weeks, he renounced all of it. He just said, fine, forget it. We won't ask for a payoff. We don't want anything. <laughs> we just want to terminate the deal. And Shanghai said, sure, absolutely. But you're going to need to tell Roma they're going to owe us a few million euros in compensation. Uh, and that is going to be linked to uh, performance-related stuff, how many matches he appears in goals. And it won't be any more than 5 million euros. Roma, they were fine with that because you're getting him on a free, essentially. A guy that you sold for a pretty decent-sized plus Valenza a year and a half ago. You're getting him for free. Now, the wages that they're handing him are pretty large. Uh, Ironically, the wages that they're giving him are the exact figures that he was requesting when he yep. wanted a renewal when he left and Roma yep. said no that's too expensive but of course if you can make a plus Valenza get the player back for free uh, and only owe a few million euros in compensation to the to the to his former club generally you're going to be okay with that so and, and on top of that the contract is only two and a half uh, two and a half seasons long so it's not a very long commitment so uh, astonishingly here he is he arrived um, he renounced, uh, for those of you doing the math at home, the remaining wages totaled just about 20 million euros. And he, again, in the last 24 hours, he was initially requesting a payoff. And in the last 24 hours, he said, forget it. I don't want anything. So this guy gave up a 
pretty good, uh, pretty good payday, Andy. I probably wouldn't have done the same. So he's a better, he's a better man than I am. Now, granted, he already did earn half of his contract. He signed a three-year deal, and he's been there for a year and a half. But nonetheless, he's right. arriving now. <laughs> we'll have to figure out what is going on with this COVID thing because I was told <laughs> by both Manuel and members of Shanghai that he underwent two. Let me repeat, two COVID tests. One, when he departed Dubai, Dubai, just before he stepped on the plane, that came back negative. When he landed in Italy, he took one, that came back negative. And then he took another one. And then Villa Stewart. Yeah. yeah, and then he, took a, then he took a third, and that was the one that did come back uh, this morning. It came back positive. So he was supposed to undergo the medicals at Villa Stewart at 8 in the morning. That's why he wasn't there. They delayed it. This deal is not in any way in trouble or at risk of falling through. He's you know he's a free agent essentially, so I wouldn't worry about it. But despite all the chaos in getting him here, Andy uh, El Shadawi has finally come back, a player that I think you and I have said on multiple occasions on the podcast that we think <laughs> how many times could he have come in handy? And I mean I can think of at least two or three matches right off the top where Roma could have used a guy with his skill set. Are you at all concerned? My my only, my only, mm, I wouldn't even call it a worry. My, my only mm, hesitation about uh, this deal is this guy hasn't played football in 18 months, Andy. Come on. Yeah. Um, he's played in 16 matches with, with, with Shanghai, and I think he had four goals. And he was starting to develop the Tevez, Carlos Tevez syndrome in China. He looked like he couldn't be, you know, couldn't be arsed to do anything. I mean, he was clearly bored and ready to leave and just uh, he, he looked extremely unhappy and unmotivated there. So my worry is my only concern is that you're getting a guy who hasn't played top level football for almost two years. On the other hand, this is also a guy that aims for the national team right i mean he, great he's, point he's, exactly he's, i mean he was he was desperate to to come to roma and and once there wasn't any uh, enough time because of the whole saga with perotti whom we sent our best wishes to um because of his major 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 <laughs> yes. injury um yes. i yes. mean al sharawi there was was heartbroken and now yes you you have to question his, his shape uh, the, how, how much he can contribute you know um, if when he tests negative I, I believe he'll you know he'll need a week or a, a week or two to to um, to settle in and eventually you'll see him for I guess very short spurts um, but that already makes a difference you know to have to have somebody like El Shirawi with all his inconsistencies because again this is a player that had a great final year at Roma where when everybody else was shit when uh, the whole team was underperforming him and Zaniolo were there you know um right uh and that was that was great stuff but this was this is also a player that knows how to be inconsistent and um I just hope that this th this time we get the player that that can make a difference the player that can make the best of 10 15 minutes you know um to close out or to go for the win. That's that's the player you need right now. It'd be great if you could have the likes of Pedro and El Shirawi 
to come off the bench for you instead of Carles Perez, you know, um, because as much as I want to uh, see Carles Perez get out of this seeming like uh, endless slump, um, you need quality, you need answers, you need people that can make a difference, that can really boost you. And uh, it'd be great to have two veterans like Pedro and El Sharawi ready to contribute. So this is, you know, if 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 the Reynolds deal, if you know, obviously we always say that like Biafora, who is a lovely man, and he's the gr- he's the greatest because he never gives you uh, a news unless he's hundred percent sure, and then he always stresses the importance of the contract being being signed. So. But if if this is if Reynolds and Al Shrawi is is what we get in the in this January transfer market, you can consider me happy um, due to the very very difficult circumstances. For sure. As for Reynolds, I again I, I don't watch MLS. I know nothing about him. The only thing I do know was coming from uh, the two intermediaries involved in the deal. The intermediary from Juve and from Roma Busardo, who was the agent who essentially handled Roma's transfer market in the summer. Uh, Tiago Pinto, he was using him again in this negotiation. Again, pretty stunning turn of events. Uh, I mean, we were told by both of the intermediaries, by Reynolds' agent as late as, as, late as Wednesday, that, that he was, it looked like he was going to, uh, or I'm sorry, as late as Tuesday. Jesus that it looked like he was going to go to you well Benevento and then obviously on behalf of Juve but then Pinto uh, it didn't look like that they were going to raise their offer uh, Roma had essentially stayed flat in their offer uh, since December since early December now if we go back uh, Ryan Freakin when he went back to uh, the US on holiday the 21st of December he went with Watts and his father Dan and Ryan himself met with MLS and FC Dallas and the player's agent. And he put an offer on the table. It was lower than Juve, lower than Bruges as well. And essentially they were told, well, you have to raise. And he opted not to. Now he did tell them that he would prefer to wait for Tiago Pinto to start being involved in the negotiation because he didn't officially arrive until the 1st of January. And even Pinto, last week, last uh, about seven days or eight days ago, last Friday, he calls the agent of Reynolds, does another offer, but it's more or less the exact same, slightly higher. And his agent says again, "Nope, he's going to go to Juve. It looks like he'll go to Benevento. It looks like he'll go to Benevento first. And then Pinto, out of nowhere, uh, from the top rope comes with a new offer that was one actually over 1 million euros higher because they were willing to throw in more bonus and they were willing to increase the sell-on fee originally they only stayed at five percent now they're at 15 so they did a dramatic increase just this week and again you had everybody in the deal the two intermediaries Juve's intermediary Roma's intermediary Reynolds agent all saying yeah uh, he's a step away from Juve he'll go to Benevento first and Pinto out of nowhere he he gets the, the the operation done and it's going to happen. He'll come here in the next few days. And again, I I can't sit here and pretend that I know anything about the guy. Do you secretly watch MLS behind my back, Andy? And you're some uh, aficionado <laughs> that you can shed oh. some light on this guy. Oh, because like sure. Dan Friedkin, no. 
uh, when I go to the stock image website that I have a subscription to, there's like right. nine <laughs> pictures for all from the same match. So it, it looks like I'm just posting the same photo. Yes, and and the highlights also include like I believe like three matches. Um, and, <laughs> like, and and it's always like at the, the highlights come in in a time span of like ten to fifteen minutes. It's always the <laughs> the good moments. So I'm I'm sorry, this I cannot help you there. But it's um, it's interesting to see this deal go through right now, um, especially knowing that Juve were willing to came, take him on, but sending him on loan to Benevento. That says a lot. So uh, if you're Roma and you're taking him on now, I inevitably, I, I, I think that he'll be um, Karsdorp uh, replacement. Or, you know, if, for example, Bruno Perez... Uh, goes to some pretty shady neighborhood in Rome at oh, night um, and you can't find him in the morning, then Reynolds is your man. Um, <sighs> I guess <laughs> I guess that's... You're never the... going to let this go at this guy. What no, did I'm he so... do to you? No, I'm just saying... What, what did Perez do to you? John, John don't turn Come this clean. because I remember your tweets in Spalletti's year with Bruno Perez. You were... uh, those don't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, they were there. I'm just saying that if... If something questionable happens to both Karsdorp and uh, and Bruno Perez, it's exciting to know that there is this guy um, that we know nothing about and could perhaps turn out, you know, as a positive addition like uh, VR, like Ibanez, who came in and had needed a little bit of time, but that's I mean that's the that's the kind of deal that makes sense, you know, to bring in. Somebody like El Sharawi, you know what you're getting with him, and somebody that you know nothing about. But there is, we know something that there is untapped potential. That there's plenty that this kid can bring to the table. And um, let's see what happens. I'm I'm very interested also how this fits into, you know, Fonseca his demands because we know that at the beginning of the trans market said there is a list of names that. Um, I gave to Pinto. I I wonder. I wonder if 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 Reynolds fits the fits the picture. All right. So to end here, the only pushback I've gotten on this Reynolds, or I'm sorry, I guess not, not pushback. The um, uh, the 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 people who have been, I guess, a bit apprehensive on this Reynolds deal. <laughs> they keep bringing up the point. Well. The track record of Roma signing a player that uh, was in talks with Juve and looked like he was about to go to Juve. Oh, yeah. And we're mentioning your your favorite player of all time, Itorbe. We're mentioning... Pe- that's my Bruno I Perez right like, there. Just okay, like I, Bruno Perez, that's my Bruno Perez, John. Chic? Or, or no? Itorbe, okay, Itorbe, oh, of course. Okay, Itorbe. Okay. Well, and then they also mentioned Patrick Chic in that conversation as well. And... While I do think it's unfair to just generalize, I guess, an operation in that regard, I guess to a certain degree I can understand why they might be a bit uh, weary in cheering this too soon. Does that does that worry you at all, or do you think third time is the charm, right? Jesus, I mean, yeah, of course, you know, when you're Roma, when you are a Roma fan, that stuff becomes... <laughs> becomes reality because um i remember when chick happened and everybody was like oh is that gonna be like Iturbe? and then everybody said no no don't worry about it and um 
then we know what happened. And today, uh, to quote Bayer Leverkusen, uh, Schick got hurt by stepping on the grass um, and oh couldn't play in, in today's match for Bayer Leverkusen. Mm. So, you know the deal. Um, I just I just think that this kid being so, so young, coming from a, a league that really nobody watches. I, I, I doubt that even Paratici um, watches that stuff. Uh, I can't imagine it. So it, it says a lot, but and it's just it's just something that that is exciting, you know. At least at least you have an addition. It's it was so sad to see uh, Milan being the only team that added players in the in this window um, because it sent the message that only Milan were ready to go. You know, it, only Milan had have something worth fighting for. Roma. By making these two additions, and who knows what else, if something happens, um, we never know, make make that statement clear that there is something we are fighting for, that there we maybe we with the addition of these two, we can be a, just a little bit more competitive. So then, if it ends with El Shadawi and Reynolds coming in, nobody else, we say Jekyll remains, everybody else remains, you're content. A, a good January from your standpoint. Yes, I'm, I'm content, but I I do want to to see this team play like a team. I I um I I want to I want to see this this sort of mini slump because it was a mini slump. I mean, the way we're talking about it, the way everybody has talked about this, it, it seems like chaos. It seems like something that has lasted for 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 months, and this has happened in a span of a week. So I hope that this is you know just wipe the slate clean. Forget about this. I mean, take away the most important lessons from this, but forget about this and continue to work as a team. There is no time to waste here. Okay, I promise this is the last thing. And I said I don't want to talk about, you know, the the tact, you know, from a tactical standpoint, the <laughs> yeah. specifics of what happened today. The only thing uh-huh. I have to ask, Paul Lopez, man, was that? Are, are what are his wrists made out of? A and B. How can a guy go from looking so good to so bad all within the span of two to three matches? I have never seen anything like this. It's not like Robin Olsen where he's just bad all the time. I mean, this he's brilliant no. in one yeah. and then bad in the next. I can't can you explain yep. this for me, please? I think I think it, it, again, like always, it reflects a, a sort of a, a general trend for the team. It reflects a team that is vulnerable, um a team that at times uh, just succumbs to 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 the negativity to uh, the other team to the opponent. Um, I mean, yet today we are leading, we are in charge, we are in control of the game. It was three to one, and you let them come back. Well, and they missed Andy. They could have had five or six today. Bad ass. Was, yes, especially yes. man. Oh my that, word. Yes, that's the, but that's the thing. That's in in terms of when that happens to to your forwards to to play attacking players. That's when you know that there is something wrong with the team. Same goes for the defenders. When Smalling makes that mistake, when when he makes that awkward jump, when Kumbula lets everybody fly by by, by him, and when Paul Lopez. Um, it looks so insecure going down and just overall it's it reflects uh, a trend amongst the team that you you felt it you felt that something wasn't right and that's why i'm saying it's important that they pick it up because against somebody like verona against juve 
you you don't get back into it that easily you know it's it, it, i know that we we saw something very very rare today and that's why i'm saying you need to act as a unit everybody needs to feel more confident because this was you know, we know how roma gets in these moments every year we have that they get into a slump and then there is no way out of it um unless some drastic measures are taken let's just hope that these measures are not needed now 100%. Okay, everybody. That's where we're leaving it. I guess the good thing about the early Saturday victory or uh, the the good thing about the early Saturday matches is if you win, you can relax the rest of the weekend even if yep. it gives you a mini stroke uh in the afternoon on your Saturday. So, yes. <laughs> that's okay. We'll take it. We'll sit back now and I'm sure there's going to be more drama. But hopefully they can be kind to us and give us a reprieve of at least 48 hours to allow <laughs> us to have at least a quiet Sunday would be ideal. Very ideal. Please, Roma. Please. 24 hours moratorium. No on- more positive players. No more, no more tests. No more nothing. No more drama. <sighs> Unbelievable. Yes, please. Just give us 24 hours and then we'll be happy on Monday. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week. And until then, ciao. Ciao. being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details